Hey everyone, and welcome to the Health is Power podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anna Esperham. I'm an MD, a nationally recognized physician with triple board certifications and special pain, medical intuition training, and so many more certifications in hypnosis, aromatherapy. And I just wanted to let you know as a little special, I have a little gift for you on our website at www.healthispower.com, a little free module sneak peek into our aromatherapy course from our Integrative Women's Wellness Foundation program and it's all about how to use essential oils for aromatherapy, topical blends, diffusion, you name it, including precautions, the science, and actually how to blend. So it's not around forever, so get it while you can at healthispower.com and enjoy the show. And now I'm obligated to tell you our disclaimer that Anna Esperham, MD, is a medical doctor, but she is not your doctor and she is not offering medical advice on this podcast. So if you are in need of professional advice or medical care, you must seek out the services of your own doctor or healthcare professional, as this podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, medical, or psychological services or advice. And none of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any mental or medical condition, as you are responsible for your own physical, mental, and emotional well-being decisions, choices, actions, and results. Health is Power LLC disclaims any liability for your reliance on any opinions or advice contained in this podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Health is Powers podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anna, and we have a guest today who is going to talk about something that we have not had on the show yet before, so I'm super excited to delve in. I think she's going to provide a lot of value to all of you, so I really want you to also take a look at um, her website and what she has to offer because I think I know a lot of you who are in the audience and some of you could definitely use her skills and, and what she has to offer you. So thank you, Don Renee. Welcome to the Health is Power podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all going to talk all about like caregivers fatigue and what we can do to take care of ourselves when we're taking care of other people. Cause we tend to forget to take care of ourselves, which can totally deplete us. And I know a lot of, um, us women, especially, um, especially during COVID, I mean, even my family's experienced this where all of a sudden we've had to take care of many family members, especially during the pandemic and going into that role while we're having a business, while we have kids, um, running the family, running a business, you name it. And we can get so drained. We can develop physical symptoms. We can develop illness. And so I want you just to go dive in, tell us about your background, how you got into this and why you're here today. Okay, great. Um, so I am a holistic caregiver and an energy doula. I don't know, uh, not, a, not a life doula and not a deaf doula. I'm an energy doula. I, I discovered that when I got sick 12 years ago and I was in a bed for 30 days, I had to, keep, I had to reverse engineer caregiving for myself. I didn't know how, I, I didn't think I was going to get out of that bed. I thought I was going to be stuck there for the rest of my life. And I wasn't even clear that I was going to have much life left because of how sick I was. And um, so when I put my, when I, when I was in that bed and going through that journey for those 30 days, I literally did two smoothies a day, three teas a day. And my husband had to care for me and take me to the, to the clinic. He had to carry me to the clinic. He had to carry me to the bathroom. And so I was literally learning about what it felt like to be in a bed and being 
feeling like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen to me? And at that time, I had been diagnosed with uh, endometriosis, I had chronic fatigue, allergies, migraines, Epstein-Barr, Lyme, autoimmune, stones, and then I got bit by a black widow. All at the same, that all happened at the same, like oh everything my came. Word. Yeah, it was. So the day that I fell, um, I was actually doing Reiki on a dog. And um, I had a stone attack and I fell to the ground and I couldn't lift myself back up. I, my energy was just gone. Everything was, I had nothing left to, in my tank. So I was on the floor. My husband got me to bed and, and I, I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening, but I have to stop this train and I have to figure out if I can turn it around. And so I decided to do something different, completely different. I did a complete turnabout and started focusing on nutrition and taking stuff off of my plate. Um, at that time I had been doing, um, cause I had found out I was, I was gluten. I had allergies to gluten. And so I was buying gluten-free products for about a year and a half, which led up to this. And, you know, gluten-free products, if you read those ingredients, it's like rice and, you know, other bad chemicals and things and just words you can't pronounce. You shouldn't eat anything you can't pronounce. Yeah, and all so, processed. <laughs> yeah, don't eat, don't do it. And so for for a year, I was I was a year and a half. I was eating these processed foods, eating everything in a box that said gluten free on it because I thought, oh, this is healthy. I'm being healthy. I ended I've up done gaining. it before as well. I've done the same thing. Yeah, when I first started. <laughs> I think it was back in med school or residency. And I, I think I started the same thing and I felt so sick. It was horrible. And so in a nutshell, I, I gained 35 pounds of inflammation. It wasn't weight. It was inflammation because for those 30 days that I was in bed and only doing those two smoothies and the three teas, I lost that 35 pounds of inflammation. And every single day, I remember laying there going, oh my gosh, I just want to stand. I want to stand. I want to take care of myself. I want to take care of myself, but I couldn't, didn't have the energy. And every day I would try to put my feet on the ground and stand up, but I couldn't until the 30th day. And on the 30th day, I put my feet on the ground and I was able to lift myself off the bed. And I walked out into the living room and my husband said, no, go back to bed. And I said, no, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to be in bed anymore. Matter of fact, I want to figure out how not to ever be in that bed again. And I want to help people with this because you should never go through this. And at that time I had been spending, I don't know, probably about 15 years before that, trying to figure out how to get rid of endometriosis and how to deal with my chronic fatigue and allergies. It was just a perfect storm that all of this stuff attacked me all at once and threw me into the bed. And so having to reverse engineer caregiving for myself, what it felt like to be in the bed, you know, what it felt like to be somebody in a bed waiting for somebody to come care for you, what that felt like, you know, and it being your husband, nothing against husbands. <laughs> Funny. But you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You ask for you ask for water and it might be a while. Oh, know? that's so funny. <laughs> so, you know, but that's okay. It's all good. As long as the water shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, it was once I got out of that bed, I was I was fueled with passion inside to want to help people. And ironically, at the same time, I was actually a health mentor, I was being mentored and learning how to be a health mentor at a health shop. And I had been with this woman who had been training me who had 22 years experience. And when I got really sick, I got very serious about how to how to help myself and started really listening to her 
and following the instructions she was telling me. And then every person that would come in that we would sit with for an hour and a half and they would tell us their stories and we would help identify things that maybe we there were triggers of things that were making them sick to remove those things or things that they were deficient in that they needed supplement just, you know, to help them get a bridge to get back to their wellness and find their energy again. And so that all, all of that came together at the same time. And when that all came together at the same time, I thought, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep mentoring people. I want to help as many people as I can. And at that time I was focused on helping patients. And, um, but then about oh, a couple years into it, I, we got challenged to do the ice bucket challenge and I didn't know what ALS was ALS Lou Gehrig's disease. I had no idea at that time. And so we said, okay, let's do this ice bucket challenge, but let's understand what ALS is because I don't want to just raise awareness without understanding what we're raising awareness for. And I started to dig into it and I said, wow, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we met somebody that we could help holistically who had ALS? This is a crazy story. This is the twist. So uh, six months later, um, a person came into our came back into our life. I say back into my life because we had met this person three years prior, and then they disappeared from our lives, and then came back into our life in uh, January of 2015 and had ALS and was somebody that we had met, and now here we are standing in front of them in the hospital. And I'm sitting here going, wow, the universe is putting us together again. So there's got to be a reason for this. And I had gone through this caregiving journey and, and now I'd been mentoring people for a few years. And here was this person that clearly was going to need some serious help because it was going to be a 24 seven kind of job. And her husband, I, I didn't knowing what I know about husbands, I knew <laughs> that she was going to need a little more help. <laughs> and so I said, I would like to volunteer to help you guys, you know, and let's figure something out to where I could come in and help you guys. And she was on board and wanted me to help, help her holistically and do the whole journey. So I spent the next seven years with her and five of those years, we lived with them and became a 24 hour, seven day a week caregiver for somebody with stage four ALS in a bed who had a vent, a trach a catheter, a port, a feeding tube, and all of these things. And what ended up happening was, is kind of, it was a miracle. They said she wasn't going to make it through the night, let alone the week, let alone six months. And she ended up living for seven more years wow. because of the stuff that we were trying. And it was a holistic approach, but it was from the caregiving that I had to learn about myself that brought me to mentoring others that brought me to her that brought me to the caregiving journey with her and this seven years of practice, literally her giving me permission to do what intuitively my body and my mind and my spirit told me I needed to do to help her. And we did it every day for seven years until, until she transitioned and, and finally, you know, left, but yeah. you know, it was a beautiful journey and uh, the caregiving part now, now living that journey and being a caregiver 24 seven and, you know, also still having my own business on the side, still taking care of her and doing all the things that like managing the house, doing all the household, everything, helping him with his businesses, helping her with her journey, bringing in other caregivers and scheduling that and creating systems and working as kind of this caregiver, you know, mentor now. And so when she transitioned, I thought, okay, now I got to transition and start helping caregivers because 
There were so many times that I did not give myself permission to care for myself. There were so many times that I burnt out and so many times I just kept, kept going and kept, kept going to help her. And, and it, and, and I ended up getting sick over and over and over again. And it wasn't until I finally said, okay, probably about year four, <laughs> year four, I finally said, okay, you got to start balancing in yourself. <laughs> you have to. And so this whole journey became together because of all of that. <laughs> and then you, yeah, you created this incredible, I mean, business that provides a whole lot of value. Tell us a little bit about it. So now traveling caregivers was evolved. Um, and we started working on traveling caregivers, uh, about four years into it, we said, you know what, let's start putting this information out there for other caregivers. I wanted to uh, be a resource. I want to offer cliff notes, uh, you know, tips and tricks and things because there were so many things to navigate, you know, when you're dealing with a vent and a trach and a coffices machine and a, and feeding tubes and catheters and ports for, you know, IVs and, you know, and you're dealing with uh, antibiotics and, and all these things, um, bed sores, you know, beds that oscillate on a schedule, um, what kind of pillows to use you know, all the different things and trying to do it as holistic as possible to make sure to remove all the triggers that could be contributing to her disorder. And, um, and it was amazing because we got the opportunity to play literally with all types of different modalities, um, energy things to help boost the energy because I couldn't get her outside. So I got her a PEMF mat, which raises her vibration, all these little tricks and tips of things that could help bring her more vitality, more will, more care, more uh, love. She, she, her journey was so, was, was, was with so much grace and pride. And I wanted to maintain her integrity and give her that thing she wanted so badly. She didn't want her family to come in and have to deal with what she was going through. She wanted to keep that private between her caregivers. She didn't want them. So figuring out how to navigate that and then, you know, how to give myself a break, you know, what does that look like? Okay. So maybe I bring somebody in to do laundry or I bring somebody in to do the, the household chores, or I bring somebody in to do the maintenance, or I bring somebody in to do the groceries or somebody to just sit with her for a few hours. Because when it came down to doing the technical stuff, there was only really two of us or three of us that could do the technical stuff. So that was very specific. And I had to, I had to plan that. So if I was going to take a week off, I had to make sure that I had that all planned out that she was going to be taken care of that week that I was taking off. So um, I created all these programs now where I can work with somebody on an hourly basis. I can work with somebody in, um, in a six month basis where it's on the phone and we can do an immersive program where I come to your house and I help you identify things that might be triggering disorder in your own life. Because what I found was, is that with my own disorder, if I wasn't in a good space, if I didn't stop and go, okay, halt, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Am, am I any of those things right now? Because if I'm any of those things and I have to go in there and take care of her right now, then she's not going to get the best out of me. You know, I'm not going to be rational. I'm not going to be able to think. So, and dealing with somebody with ALS, 
you know, because I've had a lot of people say to me, don't tell me I just need to take a salt bath. <laughs> don't tell me that I need to like go meditate for five minutes. You know, I can't leave my person. I understand. I couldn't leave my person either, but I still found a way to leave my person sometimes. And we have to uh, remind ourselves that we are not accountable for their journey. We are only here to support their journey as best as we can. And, and if we walk away for five minutes, we don't want to like feel that, um, uh, that if something happened during that five minutes that you walked away, that it's not your fault. It's not your fault that it's that you walked away. You have to take care of you too. You have to give yourself permission to take care of yourself. And so I kept finding myself having to give myself permission. And so I started coming up with ways of doing that. And it started off with in the morning, before I even leave my bedroom, I had to make sure that I did three or four things. And I could even do them in the bed. <laughs> I didn't even have to leave the bed. I just needed to make sure I did them. And that meant that I was doing my breathing exercises. That meant that I was doing a little bit of meditation and doing some visualization and affirmations and positive gratitude and gratefulness for the day kind of stuff. And then I made sure I have water by my bed because I'm going to drink my water as soon as I wake up and it has my electrolytes, my minerals in it. So I drink that when I wake up and I make sure I do these things. I do my yoga. I have yoga stuff I do in the bed. <laughs> so just little, you know, little stretching things, doing a little bridge work. And now I have a PEMF mat. So I do um, uh, pulse electromagnetic field energy work before I leave my bed, which is like basically giving yourself, if I was to go for a walk for three hours in the woods, I can accomplish it in 22 minutes with a PEMF mat. So there was just little tips and that, that activated my day, that activated my day into a positive position of, hey, you've taken care of yourself now. Now, on my way to go take care of her, I go grab my lemon water and I drink, I got my lemon water ready to go. So I can drink my lemon water while I go take care of her and I go give her her stuff. And she's got a two hour block of time that I got to go in there and do stuff with her. So I go two hours and go hang out with her. After my two hours, I come and have my breakfast. So, and I do intermittent fasting. So that way it works with the schedule. So there was there was ways for me to work around it to where I was still making sure that I'm taken care of and she's being taken care of. And people will say, well, what if there's an emergency situation? Well, obviously you've got emergency stuff that you're going to handle, you know, things are going to come up and you're going to have to deal with them. And sometimes it's going to be at the most inopportune moment. Mostly uh, for me, it was happening at, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, you know, two o'clock. Like in the middle of the night, that's when most of the stuff would happen. Like we'd end up in a hospital, you know, two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's when it was happening. It has to you happen know? at that time, the worst possible time. <laughs> right? So like th at that moment, okay, you might have to forego your, your daily for stuff, you know, <laughs> but, but for the most part, if you stay consistent and you have your like little set things that you do every single day, then you can give to yourself that thing. The other thing I would do is I would make myself promise. How much time do I need outside today? How much time do I need? And if it's a, a bad day, you know, okay, sure. I understand if it's freezing outside, but still go outside and breathe the air and try to find the sun wherever it is for at least five minutes and take it in 
And so I would give myself blocks of time. And so I would say, okay, I want at least an hour's time today. I didn't mean that I would get one hour the entire time. It might be 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Because when you're a 24 seven kind of caregiver and you're the only one there, you have to make sure that you're, you're watching her too. So I'd bring a baby monitor with me and I watch her while I'm doing my stuff. So that way, if something would happen, I can go take care of her too. But, and then making sure I had a schedule for her too, because if I have a schedule and she knows the schedule, then she's not like hammering on the, the button saying, Hey, I need you. I need you which is how we started the, our adventure for the first two years. She was hit hammering a button. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So you could definitely that baby monitor, what good ideas. And, and just going back to what you just said was setting the intention of taking yes. care of yourself is so important that a lot of us forego, especially in a you know caregiver capacity, because we're so focused on taking care of someone else. We neglect us, but we do have to maintain our energy in order to give energy someone. Otherwise we're giving from nothing. And, yes. and then we become an empty vessel. And again, we can get sick. And I've, I've talked about this on several of the podcast episodes is I mean, we really have to maintain our energy. We have to raise our vibration just as you talk about. And you talk about that on your website too, which I so appreciate because I mean, in, when we raise our vape vibration, the people around us, they can raise their vibration as well. And so I think that's very important. And, and, you know, especially if you're taking care of someone with a major chronic illness or someone with ALS and someone's on a vent and lines and all this, I mean, less suffering is, is what I'm hearing. And that's so amazing because that actually brings you more energy. You can provide them with more comfort, more ease, less suffering. And so I think that's amazing. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure you're providing, you know, better nutrition for them, especially say they're on G tubes or, you know, uh, I mean, some of them get all this like sugary, sugary. Oh yeah. That's that's not good. No, actually, when we went into the hospital to see her, she was 85 pounds and emaciated and they were feeding her a formula that was close to insure. Yes. I just want to say right here, and it's nothing against brand these products, but they're products and they're not food. And uh, she, every time would have it, she would have hot flashes. Her whole body would, she would just have these hot flashes that would come over her and they were saying it was diabetic, but she wasn't diabetic. So which was very interesting. So I told her husband, I gave him a list of all of the organic whole foods that she should be having all the vegetables and, you know, those things. And we actually found two organic formulas. One was Kate farms and the other one is functional, functional, functional formularies, liquid hope. And, um, yes, we and up- we've used both. Uh, yeah, I've had some yeah. experience with that. I had great experience. I just want to tell you one of my old neighbors, um, that I used to live by, um, had his son had a very bad accident and so was on a G tube and, um, had some major GI issues and constipation infections. And we switched him, um, because my husband is an integrative dietitian, functional nutritionist and, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. And so he got, (laughs) so they got advice from my husband and my husband works with Kate farms. I also believe liquid hope as well. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, 180 less infections, less GI issues, less constipation. So they just, 
switched completely to that. Um, so yeah, isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, and uh, because she did so well on it, she started putting on weight within a week. She was walking again. We had wow. her walking out of, we got her walking out of the hospital. They said she wasn't going to make it. And she walked out of that hospital and it was, it was a few months. It, she was in rehab for like three months doing that. The gut and is then so we important. Got her, yeah, it is. We, we have to feed it with the good stuff. I mean, it is, it's part of your immune system, part of your nervous system. It connects to every system in the body. That's your, your gateway. So you have absolutely. to absolutely, healthy. Yeah. And, and I would say that, you know, it, in the beginning, I was very, very focused on the nutritional aspect, nutritional. And I still am like to this day, I have to follow a very strict plan and regimen because if I fall off course, it, I will get sick. So I have to make sure that no processed foods, no sugars, you know, I, I, I stay on a low glycemic diet. I eat fruits and veggies. Always. Everybody's always asking me, what do you eat? fruits and veggies, <laughs> lots of them <laughs> and sprouted nuts and seeds, but they got to be sprouted or I can't have them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes some people don't tolerate it unless they're sprouted. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And same with oats. We do sprouted oats too, because I don't tolerate them. And so, you know, it was about understanding that the nutritional aspect was a bridge by, by giving your body the nutritional things that it could heal itself with the good minerals and the, the actual good uh, nutrients that you could get out of food. Um, partnering that with mindset, with your mindset, 100 and breath work, because if you're not, and this is, this is so important. Um, every, people always ask me, so you're telling me that this is as easy as breathing properly. And I said, it, it could be, <laughs> it's very possible that breathing might have a you know, a good, it could, could be very useful. Very useful. <laughs> so, and especially breathing through the nose. I, I'm, I go around and I tell everybody this all the time. It's like, do nasal breathing. You must do nasal breathing because living with an ALS patient, I watched her. She was, she had a deviated septum. So it was hard for her to do nasal breathing, but we still, we still would visualize doing nasal breathing and we would do it and we would activate it. And that would help get her more oxygen to her body. And we actually saw movement happen out of her body when she was practicing that. And um, uh, nasal breathing, when you breathe through your nose, it goes to your brain and goes to the vagus nerve. And then the vagus nerve sends all the information to the rest of your body and to your gut on how to process that oxygen through your body. And if you just are breathing it through your mouth all the time, you're not, it's not, you're not getting complete oxygenation all the way in my opinion, after what I witnessed, watching somebody on a respirator on a, on a vent, watching it and her living that way for seven years. Um, it was one of the pieces that became one of her downfalls is that she could not breathe through her nose. She needed to breathe through her nose. And, um, because you're missing activation if you're not breathing through your nose. Have you read that book by, um, it's called breath by James Nestor. It's, it's, I've heard of it, Yeah, I heard actually, of, but I it have talks not. About this. Mm-hmm. It talks about this a little bit. It also goes a little bit more in depth into the structure of the jaw and the, the nose yeah, and yeah, yeah. working with, you know, yes. physiologic dentists. And, and so anyway, that if anyone has trouble, I would say, get that book, start there and then start reaching out to people who can help you so that you can start doing the nasal breathing. Yeah. And it's, it's so important. They also, they show uh, mouth breathers that if you are a mouth breather at night, you're not, you're not getting what you need at all. Um, 
and actually the, the people that have sinus issues and, and allergies and asthma typically are mouth, they breathe through their mouth <laughs> or even deep. They can't get deep sleep. They and, can't deep um, sleep. They're not refreshed when they wake up in the morning, they're getting chronic fatigue. And then another one too, that I started noticing was, um, neck pain, jaw pain, TMJ, uh, as well as headaches. Absolutely. So breath work is so important. Plus you can calm your entire body down. She, um, anxiety was an issue for her because of the ALS obviously. And, um, and so I, we would do the breathing exercises to help her calm, calm down, calm her nervous system down. And every single time I would, I would show it to her on the pulse ox and then we'd have a BP reader. So I would show her her blood pressure and I would say, see, you're doing it every single time. And so anytime she would get stressed, I would say, let's just do some breathing. And so she would do the breathing and then she would be calm again. And it worked every That's time. Funny. It's like its own biofeedback. You created your own biofeedback device. It, it was, it was, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like I got to do biofeedback, uh, with her on, on all, on all of, you know, the whole thing really. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> so, so when you got sick, I mean, you had, um, endometriosis, you had chronic fatigue syndrome, um, autoimmune disease, um, you know, all these things culminated and you had what endometriosis for 15 years now, why, I mean, have you ever learned like why that is like why you had the endometriosis, whether it be mentally or physically or spiritually? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I would say one, it was my love center. It has a lot to do with love. It had to do with how I was loving myself. Um, it also had to do with sugar. I ate a lot of sugar when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and so um, I have since, you know, cut all the sugar out of my life. I don't do sugar anymore. It's just not good for you. And um, I found an, a lady in, in England and she had had an endometriosis story and she had cured it or put it in remission by doing a holistic approach. And she chronicled her everything. And so I read all of her journals and I thought, okay, if she can do this, there's no reason I can't do this. So it was a mind, body, spirit thing. So I identified the traumas that I had gone through in my life that had hit my love center. And I went through those and, and did like letters to myself and, and work through all of that pain to soothe that wound, so to speak. And I did a lot of meditations and visualizations on healing the area and bringing white light to it and, and just bringing healing to it. Um, I also found, um, I found a lot of healing modalities like, um, energy therify. I don't know if you've heard of therify. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it's a plasma field. It's a plasma table. You lay in the plasma field and it, puts you at zero gravity. Basically, it makes your body completely at homeostasis and gives you a, a break. You just for 45 minutes, you're floating, literally floating. And that brings so much calm to my body. So bringing calm to my body mm -hmm. and finding ways of bringing homeostasis to my body was, um, and calming that energy down and keeping it focused and centered and bringing love, making sure I was doing things that were loving to myself and speaking loving to myself. And when those pains would come up, speaking lovingly on that, I also did uh, biofield tuning. I don't know if you've heard of biofield tuning. No, tell us. So biofield tuning was um, basically uh, tuning forks paired with um, Reiki. And uh, so, 
and I don't, Tenens, Dr. Tenens is the one who he actually invented it. And there is a machine that does biofield tuning, but they've have transitioned it to uh, Reiki specialists and masters who also use tuning forks. And so through the process of using tuning forks, she goes through and identifies all the areas in your body. Uh, you know, we work through all the chakras and all the different meridians and each different level on each different side represents your, you know, your feminine, feminine, your masculine, your mother, your father, you know, all the different trauma spots. And basically she shined a light on all of these things, different age time periods that they represent. And she's like, okay, I'm at this age right now. And for this age, it represents this, where we're at. What are you thinking and feeling? Okay. Now let's send some healing thought and love to that. And just basically acknowledging it and then releasing it and letting it go. And, um, I did that with her for probably a year and a half. And, um, and that, that was just a couple of years ago. And after the, I don't know, a year and a half of doing that, the pains were gone. Like my pains were gone. It was, it was finally, I was not dealing with the endometriosis pains anymore. I have had surgeries. I did, um, they did a partial hysterectomy and they also did uh, two uh, laser surgeries trying to remove the endometriosis, but it came back. And so, well, it's, it's interesting about endometriosis because um, since I work a lot in pain as a physician and as an acupuncturist, um, what happens with endometriosis is that the pain, it's not just the pain in your belly, the pain starts getting more loud in your brain and it stays with you. Even if you heal the endometriosis down there in the uterus or outside the uterus and in the pelvic area. And so you still got this brain, like overactive nervous system, pain pathways that are just firing, firing, firing in the brain. And so that's where that spiritual and emotional and mental work, even, you know, acupuncture, biofield tuning, it almost sounds similar. I do tuning fork acupuncture as well. Oh, cool. uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, it's called vibrational acupuncture. And so I've had, a oh, few, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, some kids love it. Oh, they love the tuning fork acupuncture. Um, and so I thought that's, I thought that's pretty interesting about your journey. Journey and especially the love center, because, you know, what I see as a pain physician too, is a lot of people just don't love themselves and it causes so much pain, not mm-hmm. just emotionally. We start internalizing it manifest physical as pain. And so that's where we really need to work on self-love, release a lot of the self-hate toward ourselves and those wounds and the trauma, forgive and the ourselves shame. and the shame. Yeah. And, yeah. and really release it, surrender to it. Just like you said, awaken to it, feel it. We have to feel it. We have to surrender to that yeah. feeling and then we can release it. It's no, it doesn't serve us anymore. And the pain can go away. That's so funny that you just said that because, um, my whole lesson, this whole journey, the whole lesson has been surrender. The lesson is surrender, surrender to all of it. Because even when I was in that bed and I didn't think I was going to get out of that bed, Um, I kept uh, one day I said, that's it. Just surrender, go to sleep, take a nap. Your body is telling you to take a nap. It's time to take a break, surrender, you know, don't let go of that outcome. Well, (laughs) your body, yeah. And your body will, is telling you it's, it's like, no, we're going to make you rest. We're going to make you take care of yourself by making you sick. We're going to make you physically sick, physically in pain. So you have no choice to take care of yourself. And even with, um, with Anne watching her journey, which I, like I said, she did it so gracefully. And, um, 
every single day we smiled. She, even when she went through stuff that was hard or painful, we still found a way to bring her comfort and she still smiled through all of it. It was it. And the only thing I can say is that she had surrendered to what it was. She had surrendered to all of it. So it didn't affect her anymore. And by the time she was leaving, she was completely at peace with everything, you know? Yeah, that it's such a wonderful feeling. And I, I mean, I definitely have more issues to surrender to and it, and it can be just a process and it's a journey. It's a beautiful journey. And you just continue to learn you continue to grow. You continue just to be gentle with yourself, be at peace with yourself. And so I, I, that's a really powerful message um, for everyone here as, as listeners is, is it's okay to surrender. It's okay. You need to love yourself. That's your journey. I mean, this is one life that you get. And it's going to, and there's going to be painful days. So it's about how you're showing up for yourself during those times. And think of it like this. If, if you're sick or if somebody else was sick and you're going to go jump in and take care of them, why can't we do that for ourselves? <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. And sometimes I've, I've known some people who, um, a couple of my friends who, and I, me included a long time ago, I used to do this is, is almost like you, I didn't want to take care of myself. I didn't want to love myself. So I'll take care of everyone else. Yep, absolutely. And then there's the whole people pleasing too, you know, yeah. uh, you know, when, if you're a people pleaser, then that's, that's in you too. <laughs> so. Well, what's interesting too, is like a lot of the chronic conditions and pain included it. This has mostly been studied in pain, um, by far, but people pleasing perfectionism, worrying, um, about what other people think of you is a trait that actually can be a risk for chronic pain. Absolutely. 100%. Because you're just inviting suffering. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're inviting suffering. You have such great quotes. Okay. That's a good one. You're inviting suffering. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so Thank you. To, I wanted to talk a little bit about, and, and you kind of mentioned this earlier. I just want to delve a little bit deeper for the audience. But when you talked about setting intentions, I kind of want to also talk about just our thoughts and what a huge impact they have in our lives and moment to moment and how we really need to start retraining our thoughts because they can create our reality. 100%. You know, um, everything that we tell ourselves, our body is water. We're 72% water and water can be structured by thought. So every single thought is structuring your body right now, every single thought. So if you were to think about it like that, and if what, what do you have to lose to think happy, positive thoughts or thoughts of gratitude, or what, what do we have to lose to love on ourselves and, and say, I love you body. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful that you have brought me this far and that I'm able to walk. I'm able to talk. I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do right now. And what a blessing it is. And if you speak that onto yourself and you speak these stories, because it's all stories that we're putting in our heads, you know, you go to a doctor and the doctor says you have whatever it is you have. And all of a sudden now you're in a panic because you're speaking a story onto yourself about this thing that you've just been told that you have, which comes with some kind of in, in instructions. There's a manual now and, it, and this is the path that you're going to be on and you're on this course and this is what it looks like and everybody else is dealing with it too. And, but it's not the truth because 
your story is different. Your story can be whatever you want it to be. And with Anne, they said she wasn't going to make it through the night, let alone the week, let alone six months. And she made it seven years. So, so we have the opportunity to tell ourselves whatever story we want. And that story can structure our bodies even so much to the point where I believe that you can structure how you want to look. You, you can, whether you want to, you know, not age, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm not telling you my age, but I don't believe in aging. So (laughs) yeah, you look very young. I know nobody can see right now, but we'll have pictures, you know, in the graphics and everything, but yes, you do look very young. You know, I have a, I have a 27 year old. So yeah, I'm just saying you can, you can, you can tell yourself that you are literally Peter Pan or Tinkerbell and you're going to, you know, you're going to slow that process down. I feel like it's when we tell ourselves the stories of what it is that we accelerate the thing that way. We put energy into it when we put intention into it. So our intentions of what we put into it are going to come back to us 100%. Yeah. And I just, I'm doing this coaching program right now and I've heard this so many times before and, but this really kind of framed it in a way that um, really helped me put it into practice a little bit more. And that is we have anywhere from 30 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And I think anywhere from 70 to 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. And beyond that 95, 97% is repetitive negative thoughts. And so think about how that's impacting our cell physiology, our biology, our biochemistry, our tissues. And that is true. I mean, even though we're talking a lot of woo woo stuff here, it's actually been studied. Multiple PhDs have found that our thoughts do carry vibrational energy that changes cell receptors and changes our actual tissue physiology and our biology. And so I've, I've said this multiple times that we really need to pay attention to, but when Don did discuss that we need to set intentions every single day in the morning, just five minutes in the morning, then just look what's going to happen within a month. Once we reframe those negative thoughts into positive thoughts, into, um, into changing or transforming who we want to be or do what we want to do. And so I think that's super powerful. Okay. So Don, um, I wish I wanted to talk about your program because I know it can provide a lot of impact to the people who are caregivers. I really feel they could use your help. I, I think what you're doing is awesome. And so take it away. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I do have a one-on-one program that we can do it by the hour, or we can do a six month, um, program where it's, there's two different six month programs. One six month program is all online and it's all uh, over the phone and not in person. And then I have one that's in person and more immersive to where I could actually come to you, come to your house, go through your pantry, help you identify things that might be triggers in your life and in your world. Um, And then I can do the same thing with you with the one-on-one that's online. It's just not going to be as, as immersive you know, and this would be coming up with different daily plans, uh, recipes, um, strategies to help you overcome 
challenges that you might be overcoming. And then also doing a deep dive and figuring out with you where your energy is getting lost a little bit, where we might be able to find it and how I can help you maybe bridge to it so that you can get more energy going and, and come up with just, you know, real life solutions that can help you. And some of this stuff doesn't even cost money, you know, breathing, water, you know, those things don't really cost money <laughs> unless you're buying water, but, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. um, doing a deep dive and, and coming up with a program that's specific to you and figuring out what it is that you're up against. And then also helping you come up with, you know, um, one of the things that I had to go through is occupational therapists. They would come in and show me different ways to navigate through things. And what I found really quickly is that I don't need occupational therapists. What I needed was, uh, I, I just become the person that had to go through and figure out how to get through things. An occupational therapist comes in and says, you know, well, here's an easier way to do this. And here's an easier way to do that. And here's an easier way to do this. And they come up with little quick strategies and stuff. But I found that with helping my patient, she needed those uh, occupational therapist visits for her PT visits. So I would take the PT visits and keep those, all the occupational therapy visits for her PT. And I would just come up with the solution. So I want to help pass that on to people. You know, there's a lot of uh, different things that I've, I've come across that have helped um, keep your immune system well, whether it be nutritionally wise, whether it be a supplement, um, minerals, I've got some great minerals that are really great for the gut, gut resets. And, um, uh, and then also energetic tools, things that can help boost your and raise your vibration, whether it be meditation, or whether it be, um, you know, some kind of a modality like uh, Reiki or tuning forks or biofeedback or sound healing beds or um, healing bowls and stuff like that. But yeah, I just do a little, it, it, and with each person, I do it in a deep dive and let them kind of dictate for, for, from them what it is that they're looking to do. I also have a biofeedback tool called AO Scanner. And AO Scanner, it reads your frequencies. And it gives you a report based on what frequencies might be out of whack in your body. So everything from your, your organs to what parasites might be in your body that might, you might be dealing with because that, we're made of energy. So. I, is that with copper rods? I was trying to figure out. No, it's different. It's, okay. I'm thinking of something else. It's not, but um, what it is, they have a, uh, a headset that they send with the it looks like a phone. It's a cell phone with a software that has a specific headset that attaches to your temples and it reads your body's energy. Mm. Once I, once I get your energy scanned, because we all have our own energy and frequency signature, mm. we are our own frequencies and what's going on inside of us has their own frequencies too. So it does like a biofeedback and it gives you a full report and it says, Hey, this is what you're dealing with today. And it will tell you, like, if I was going to go eat nuts right now, it'll say, you know, oh, your nuts are out of whack. <laughs> you know? oh. yeah. So I've you heard had... this from my, well, it's something similar. It, it, um, a neighbor of mine went to a holistic practitioner and they did some kind of scanning frequency of the body. And I don't know, I don't know any of these um, devices. And so I couldn't offer anything about it, but, um, they said they were, it, they thought it was all woo woo and, and, um, you know, it sounds woo woo for sure. But, um, I guess what happened was they all, all the whole family, um, they got their reading, their energy reading done through this device 
advice and and um apparently apparently they were being um they had a radon toxicity they had rate a whole bunch of radon there so they were they were being poisoned oh. by radon and so it was really bad i guess and they had to get a yeah. whole radon yeah fumigation system um in their basement after because they had just put in a new basement and so i was like well that's a, that was a lifesaver yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so what's great about it is, I mean, for myself, I can use it every single day and have kind of like an understanding, like a baseline of, okay, here's some things that are happening chronic, like my frequencies are off chronic here. Uh-huh. So I need to work on that. Whether it's my blood, my lipids, or whether it's uh, my heart's showing that it's having issues, or it, it shows you literally everything. And it'll even tell you emotionally, physically, it'll it, or, uh, mentally, it'll go through and it'll say, um, you're, it'll tell you if you're emotionally unstable. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it oh, makes me laugh. That's funny. <laughs> I'll have to try it then. I gotta see how emotionally unstable I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it'll tell you that and it'll tell you what colors it'll tell you what chakras you need to work with. It'll tell you, um, what colors you need to be like focused on. Maybe you need to have some yellow sunglasses with yellow lenses. You, oh, you yeah. so you do, right. so you do color, color therapy and oh. then you do sound therapy. So it has uh, a sound that will, it'll give you back notes that you can listen to. And those notes help with an adjustment. Um, and then the whole thing does an optimization. So it does a reading and then it does, it does an optimization. So it goes back through it. It reads you and says, okay, you're a little out of whack here. So I'm going to give you these frequencies to help balance you out a little bit. And here's your second reading after your optimization. So you can see where you land after mm-hmm. you've had been optimized. It's, it's been very revealing for me. It's helped me identify a lot of uh, stuff that I've been dealing with and also helped me realize when I needed to maybe work on my omegas, you know, maybe I need a little bit more three, six, nine, you know, <laughs> you know, or maybe I'm dehydrated and I'm not paying attention. <laughs> so it'll tell oh, you all these interesting. things. Yeah. I'll have to look at it. Okay. Um, but, but what's great about it is, is that once I get a reading, so I can do readings on you if I have a picture of you too. So if you sent me a picture Oh yeah. Tell me about this because someone reached out to me and was talking to me about scalar waves and a photograph. And I was like, what is this? And I was just like, totally, I was like, ah, no way. That's like too cray cray for, for me. I don't know about this photograph issue, but tell me about it. it. It's true. So it it reads the energy because, because we're energy. The photo is energy. It's an energetic impression of us. So it the energy. Now here's the thing it will probably be more 75%, oh. you know, mm-hmm. whereas if you have it physically, it's going to be, you know, closer to 90 to a hundred percent. Whereas if you're like long distance and it's a picture, it's going to be a little bit oh, diminished, I see. Okay, but, but you still can get a good reading and it's still like, if you were going to do it, like, so I offer it as a service. It's something that people can subscribe and And I have like a little subscription plan that they can just go in there and, you know, depending on what level that they want to do it, if they want one a week or if they want one a month or, you know, those kinds of things. So I have that set up. Um, The other thing that it does is that it sends energy frequencies. So let's say you have a chronic issue and I've already got you scanned in my system and you call me and say, Hey, Dawn, I have a migraine right now. Can you send me some frequencies? So I will call you up on my, cause you've got your own client. 
So you go in there to the client and you say, send this energy frequency to help with the migraines. And I can put it on continuous and send that. So when I originally started doing this, I was having it sent to me for my Epstein bar because I was in a moment where it was flaring. And so from the office that I had originally got this scanner from, they were sending me this frequency on the weekly to help me overcome the Epstein. And then I felt the energy boost. It, it definitely felt like things were changing in me. So I can't, it's, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and it sends not... you an email. Oh, it wow. sends you a rip. Okay. It sends you a rip, a report on email, so you can see your whole everything on a report. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, I'll well, send then, you that. <laughs> yeah, send it to me. I want to see. Okay, uh, but speaking of frequencies, um, yes, <laughs> you also do music. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> yes, get yes, into yes. that. <laughs> so, um, my husband and I are singer songwriters, and we're also in a band called Don Loves Nash, a duo. Don Loves Nash. You can find us at donlovesnash.com, and um, we just released a, a single called "Stay With Me." Our music is very heart-centered, um, uplifting. It's very much about our caregiving journey and what we've been experiencing as we've been walking this life. And it goes through real life stories that we've been going through and just, it's, it's motivational. It's inspirational. It's, um, it's stuff to help just, I guess, give hope, you know? And so for us, it's very healing. It was a very healing process for us to write songs and sing every day to Anne and sing to ourselves. Even last night, my husband goes, can we sing? It just makes me feel better. And I'm like, yeah, let's sing. That's so, <laughs> so cool. Okay. So yeah. we, we, we now are sharing that as well because it, it helps. It all helps. And, and the transformation that I witnessed when we sing our music with people, even with Anne, we would go in and sing to her. And as soon as we'd start playing the music, she'd start crying. And it wasn't sad tears. It was, it was tears of just like, wow, this move, you know, it just, it touched her. And you could see it and you could feel it. And now everywhere we go and we sing our music, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So, you know, it's just, it's part of our whole caregiving journey. Now we're just going to put our music out there and share it with the caregiving world and see if it helps make people feel better. Like it does for us too. Well, there are, there's more and more studies research now on music therapy. So um, at our um, hospital that we work at, there's a pain program that we actually incorporate um, music therapy itself. Yeah. For the kids in pain. Oh, mm -hmm. yay. That's mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And you also have giveaways that I want to make sure the audience knows about too. Yes. I have um, my top daily, my daily things that um, for my own self-care and things that I do for myself. And then I also have the most important things that you can do in self-care. I have two giveaways and I will get those over to you, but they're uh, an infographic kind of format to kind of illustrate, you know, the things that I have found that have just really helped me keep my energy high, my vibration high. And I guess coming back down to being an energy doula. So a life doula and a death doula, doulas are known to bring life into the world if you're if it's a a child birthing doula and then there's the end of life to walk the journey out but for me i never i the whole journey with Anne, i don't feel like she's gone she's still here so it's just a transformation and a transition of energy 
and how are we expressing ourselves and how do we how are we moving through that how are we embodying the elements you know the earth the air the water the fire how do we communicate and connect with nature how is those things playing in our lives and using all of those things that are happening in my daily life has been stuff that has identified how i can keep my vibration high by noticing how we're all connected 100% we're all just fractals of the whole and by keeping our energy up we help each other and and that's just been how my journey has gone <laughs> that's so amazing wow so then where can people find you what's your website uh, and your in your social media travelingcaregivers.com so you can go to travelingcaregivers.com and find everything there. Um, you can find uh, us on Facebook, on Instagram at Traveling Caregivers, and then DawnLovesNash.com. You can find us there too. And also Don Loves Nash on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> and I'll have that everyone also in the podcast details and in the show notes too. So Don will send me a few links and I'll, I'll put that right in. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Don, for being here. Is there anything else, like any message that we haven't gone over for the audience today? Um, the only thing that I would say, cause this one comes up to a lot is um, it's not always positive and life is always great. Yes. I will be the first person to tell you that, yes, you have moments that are hard and you have to navigate through them, but it's how we go through them. And it's that willpower that's inside of us that gets it through. And so you know, just tap into that willpower of yourself, your, that, that inner energy inside of you and bring that thing out because the world needs to see it. You need to bring that light out. Everybody wants to see your light. You all have a light, every single one of you, and your light is going to help somebody else. I love it. Yes. And that's exactly what we've been kind of talking about on this podcast. And I just, that's so beautiful that you say that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank thanks you. For, yeah. Thanks for being here. Okay, guys, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Um, but thanks, Don. We'll see ya. Thank you. Thank you.